Don't just ride the index, seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Hi, everyone. I'm Laura Adams, author of the award-winning book, Money Girls, Smart Moves to Grow Rich, available in paperback at your favorite bookseller. This is the second episode in a two-part series inspired by a question from an anonymous Money Girl podcast listener. He or she asks, I plan to go to college and then to a two-year graduate program. What are the different types of student loans and aid that I can apply for? Plus, what tips do you have to make education debt easier to bear? Getting a college education can be difficult, especially when you don't have enough income or savings to pay for it. In part one, I discuss the main types of student financial aid that come from the federal government. In this final episode, we'll cover five non-federal aid options, plus tips for managing student loan debt. The types of federal student aid that I covered in part one include grants, work-study programs, and loans. But there are even more ways students can get financial help to pay for college. These include five main sources of non-federal student aid. They include state government aid, school aid, scholarships, private loans, and peer-to-peer loans. We'll cover each of these. So the first is state government financial aid. This is available from just about every state's education department. Most states have at least one grant or scholarship for residents, and many states have a long list of student aid programs. Eligibility is typically limited to residents who attend a school in their home state. However, that's not always the case. Many states have programs that allow you to attend a university in another state without having to pay expensive out-of-state tuition. These are called tuition exchange or reciprocity programs, and they can save you a bundle. To find out what's available in your state and how to apply, visit the National Association of Student Financial Aid and Administration's website at nasfaa.org. They have an interactive map where you can click on your state and learn more. And by the way, don't worry about writing down the resources that I give you in this podcast. You can find them all in the transcript for this show on the Money Girl page at quickanddirtytips.com. The second type of aid is school financial aid. This may be available from the colleges, universities, or vocational schools that you're interested in attending. You might recall from part one of this series that schools use the information from your FAFSA application to determine your eligibility for federal grants, work-study, or loans. The administrators in the financial aid office of your school should become your new best friends. Financial aid officers have a lot of experience, and it's their job to help you succeed using appropriate financial resources. Ask aid administrators questions like, what types of financial aid am I eligible for? 
How much financial aid could I receive? What are the aid application deadlines? And when should I expect to receive aid? Once you've applied, if you don't receive a financial aid package that you believe is right for your circumstances, let your school know. You may be able to appeal the decision by requesting that the financial aid officer review your situation more closely. The third type of aid are scholarships. These are types of financial aid that typically don't have to be paid back. Hundreds of thousands of them are awarded to students with special qualifications each year. But don't assume that you have to be a straight-A student to qualify. In addition to academic achievement, scholarships can be based on factors such as financial need, community service, athletic ability, artistic talent, field of study, where you live, having a disability, or your ethnicity. Scholarships come from a variety of sources, such as states, local governments, community organizations, private employers, high schools, and industry associations. Some may use the FAFSA, but most will require you to complete their own forms to determine eligibility. Use a site like fastweb.com that compares your background with a database of potential scholarship awards. The fourth type are private loans. These are available from a variety of lending institutions to foot the bill for college expenses. However, in part one of this series, I mentioned that getting loans for college should be your last resort. If you must take an education loan, my best advice is to always borrow from the federal government first. That's because federal loans offer more advantages than private loans, such as low fixed interest rates, not having to make payments until after graduation, and flexible repayment options. Additionally, approval and the interest rate you're offered for a private loan will depend on your credit. If you're too young to have a good credit history, you'll have to convince a co-signer who does have good credit to apply with you. And the fifth type are peer-to-peer loans or P2P loans. They're made using online lending platforms that bring lenders and borrowers together. Money Girl is sponsored by Claritin. If you're like me and you suffer from allergies, you know this time of year can be pretty rough. There's a lot of sneezing, itchy eyes, congestion, and they can really hold you back from living the life you want to live. Luckily, for those with allergies, you can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. This is a product designed for serious allergy sufferers. It's got two ingredients in one pill that relieve allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double-action combo of prescription-strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant relieves all the symptoms that you suffer. And what I love about Claritin D is that it starts working in as little as 30 minutes. Plus, it's non-drowsy, so you can still make the most of your day. I can take Claritin D and then get on the mic and record a podcast without being too congested. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. 
When your space has the long-lasting, noticeable scent of Airwick Vibrant Essential Mist, you'll want to invite everyone over. From book club to reality TV watch parties, even the in-laws. It smells amazing. Airwick Vibrant Essential Mist is infused with two times more essential oil versus regular Airwick Essential Mist for our most authentic, nature-inspired fragrance experience. Airwick Vibrant Essential Mist is perfectly portable and effortlessly easy. The way fragrance should be. Now that's a breath of fresh Airwick. You can get peer-to-peer loans at sites like Prosper.com and LendingClub.com. They match up investors who want to earn interest with appropriate risk borrowers. Most P2P sites do consider borrowers' credit histories when assigning the interest rate on a loan. For instance, if you have good credit, you could qualify for an unsecured loan that charges as little as 6.73% annual interest right now. Taking on loans for education is a big commitment because it's a debt you'll owe even if you don't complete school or can't find a job. So be sure you consider getting student loans only after you've researched all the free sources of aid, including grants, scholarships, and work-study programs that I've covered in this series. Make sure you understand your loan's repayment terms and options, especially if you experience a financial hardship. Always communicate with your lender about any challenges you face that could affect your ability to make payments on time. If you're not sure who services your federal student loan or grant, use the National Student Loan Data System. It's a database at nslds.ed.gov or contact your school for more information. And a final quick and dirty tip is to take advantage of tax breaks for education debt which can reduce the net cost. If you haven't already signed up for the free Money Girl newsletter or connected on social media, what are you waiting for? When you visit the Money Girl page at quickanddirtytips.com, you can also read a transcript of this show and see all the resources and links that I've mentioned. It's episode number 359 called How to Get a Student Loan to Pay for College, Part 2. I'm glad you're listening. Cha-ching! That's all for now, courtesy of Money Girl, your guide to a richer life. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.